you mold them from the time they're small. You start sharing your interests with them so that eventually they're old enough to watch RoboCop with you and want to. But then shortly after that, they've got their own friends, as they're supposed to. But then you're left with what? You're left holding the bag. Welcome to the Medical Dads Podcast, a parenting podcast by two dads who happen to be medical doctors. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Stuart Harmon, a pediatric emergency room physician and father of four from Ottawa, Ontario. I want to be in the podcast. Daddy, do you know what you're doing? Can I play a game on your computer? Daddy, where's mommy? And I'm your other co-host, Dr. David Shu, a family doctor from Toronto, Ontario. Welcome aboard. All right, Dr. Harmon, thanks for being a good friend. Hello, my friend. Hello, Dr. Shu. <laughs> All right. Today, in case people haven't figured out, we're going to be talking about dads and their friends. That's right. I, I don't know how it took us this long to get to this topic. It would never had occurred to us before until we had that discussion on Father's Day. And it occurred to me that all of my dad's friends were actually his his wife's friends, friend, husbands. Well, we were laughing at how pathetic it is and then realizing, wait a minute, are we not in a similar boat? <laughs> no, no, man. I knew you before I knew my wife, right? <laughs> we go way back. <laughs> but yes, the, the, I guess this is just a thing that happens with dads. It's not easy as a dad to find friendship as an adult, as a parent. Or to maintain your friendships. A, a being dad is a lonely business, right? A, a dad is a lonely <laughs> job. <laughs> for a guy with a family. You'd think it, you, you think it wouldn't be. Like you have you by definition you have children milling about, <laughs> yeah. right? But it's I think you referenced this in some earlier episode, right? Sometimes your kids want to do something with you and you you just have no interest in it. You want to do some like actual man, you know, guy stuff, yeah. right? And you, how long do you have to wait for your kids to get old and to go out for beers, <laughs> right? Like something like that where you just hang out at a pub, you know, talk about nothing and then go home. Like you got, you got to wait like 16 or 18 years or something, depending on which part of the world you live in to be able to do something like that. Yeah, you, you mold them from the time they're small, you start sharing your interests with them so that eventually they're old enough to watch RoboCop with you and want to. But then shortly after <laughs> that, they've got their own friends as they're supposed to. <laughs> but then you're left with what? You're left holding the bag. <laughs> well, let's, let's put it this way. How many times did you go out for drinks with your dad? Up till now in your lifetime? Never. <laughs> Me and my dad have never gone drinking together. <laughs> I, I, I know you don't drink alcohol, but even like having a Pepsi, like how many times has that happened? Not enough. Not, not enough. <laughs> I mean, from his perspective, I'm sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, actually, this just triggered this flashback of a story. I don't know if we ever talked about this. One time, I think we might have talked about it. One time my dad said to my sister and I, let's go have bubble tea. And this was like when I was in maybe medical school or something. And we were like, looked at my dad. We're like, what? Yeah. He wants to go for, he wants to go for bubble tea. And the thing about my dad is he hates spending money, uh, right? So that's already a thing. Like he's voluntarily going to spend money. We should have just had all these red alert symbols flashing in front of us. Yeah. He doesn't like spending money. He hates sugary drinks. Like, I've never seen him want to buy a sugary drink. Right? That's so unhealthy. So that's part two of the warning. Yeah. And part three is 
he never wanted to hang out with us casually ever, right? If he wanted to do something with us, it meant that there were some math problems that needed to be done. Yeah. Or, you know, you know, he needed us to help hold a piece of wood that he was cutting in the garage or something, yeah. right? So he drags me and my sister to bubble tea. And this is like, you know, early 2000s, I'm guessing. So we're sitting here in this tea shop and there's all these young people around and then dad decides to break into this lecture about how my sister should go to medical school, right? <laughs> Which is like one of her pet peeve, I don't want to hear it from you topics, right? And it just became a real disaster. I, I, I had actually completely put this thing out of my mind until you mentioned this. But yeah, this is just one of these things that dads become super lonely and socially awkward. And then they can't really even be friends with their own kids, unfortunately, as they get older. My dad... We do get together from time to time. We'll come over and he'll hang out and we'll, it's usually in the context of come over, see the kids, that type of thing. But then they go to mm -hmm. bed and usually my dad and I will have a little bit of time to hang out. So we've hung out uh, here and there. But when I think to when I was younger, I don't think he didn't want to hang out with me as such, uh, where I would say he would never would. Uh, want to go out and, and, and hang out when, when I was a teenager. But I think he was he was busy. He didn't really have a, a lot of time. So mm -hmm. I uh, most of my time spent with my dad when I was a, a younger kid, uh, where it was just like one-on-one, -on -one, me and my dad, would have been what you described, passing him nails while he's working on some kind of project, <laughs> doing work in the back, things that I now have grown to loathe. <laughs> well, you're forgetting one. I, I feel like most people, this is how you interact with your dad, is in the car. Like your dad's driving you somewhere. That's a that's a long one. Like we used to go on these long drives. Like he would drive me to, to Kingston for medical school, yeah. to university. Like we'd just sit in the car for the afternoon and just chit chat a little bit. That ultimately becomes one of my lasting memories of my relationship with my dad is this. We didn't drive around that much, me and my dad. Uh, he didn't drop me off at most of my lessons. So I have a lot of memories of riding the bus with my mom to go to different lessons, mm. swim lessons, thing, things like that. But uh, not so much, not so much with my dad. But I think for my dad, he's, he's, I think he's one of these people that listens to the song, you know, Cats in the Cradle, you know, that song. I think it's, I don't know if it's, yeah, it's like the saddest song of all manhood. That is, it's the saddest song of all manhood where the guy's thinking about how his son wants to do this and that, play ball with him. And his dad's like, later, son, I, I got to go to work and this until eventually he, he's an adult and, uh, and his dad is saying to him like, oh, hey, son, you have time to sit with me? And he's saying, oh, <laughs> sorry, dad, I'm busy with the kids and my wife's got the flu and this. Uh, so I think that's a bit my dad's situation. But where I worry about for us because uh, that you know that when you're a kid and you're or when you're a young man listening to that song, you're saying, "Yeah, yeah, I've still got time. I make sure I don't end up like the guy in that song." So you and me, we've we've I think invested a fair amount of time in our sons so far. All those times mm -hmm. we spent coloring Marvel superhero masks with him and whatever other interest he has at the time. <laughs> but I just worry that there's going to be a version of that song where the dad's singing about how my son wanted to play baseball with me, and so I did, and I spent all afternoon playing baseball, and then you know, then my son was 16 and he had a drink with me, and I, I blew off work and I spent time with him, and then it's still going to end with, and then I was an old man and I said, son, uh, when are you going to come around and hang out with me? And my son was like, I'm busy, dad. <laughs> I got other things to do. I'm trying to build relationships with my own son now. So all this preamble to say that as dads, you can't rely on your kids growing up to be your, your, your friends or filling that hole for you. Right. So our, our whole theory as dads is that you still need to have friends, 
That's basically our theory for this episode. And it's a challenge. Most yes. most modern dads kind of think, yeah, I need to have friends. I understand it's an important part of a balanced life. So it's good to go out and play Wednesday night basketball or it's good to go to the tennis club and spend some time there, right? To recharge and rejuvenate or go to the comic shop. Well, maybe maybe not that example because you don't really meet people there usually, hopefully. Yeah. But, but that is the challenge. It's difficult to maintain friendships as a busy parent. It's difficult to make new friends as a busy parent. And just because people were your friends before, it's no guarantee that you guys are going to walk in parallel synchronicity for the rest of your lives as buddies. Well, I want to look at this through a different lens for a second to say what, what, what's this that makes our situation, not you and me, but I mean dads in general, why is our situation unique? Because we certainly know that our wives are very busy people as well. Uh, moms are very busy people as well. But this doesn't seem to be a mom problem. This seems to be a dad <laughs> issue. Why, why, why is it that dads don't have a lot of friends compared to moms? That is, I don't know how accurate of it. That seems like a, that seems potentially like one of those men are from Mars, women are from Venus generalities that may not actually be true. That's a good point. That's a good point. We maybe we need to get a guest star mom on the show for that perspective, <laughs> but we can't, they're too busy yeah. hanging out with their friends. <laughs> I don't know. Certainly in, certainly in my house, I don't think that's the case. I would say that my wife and I both are struggling with just being very busy, period. Okay. Right? So there isn't a lot of time to devote to friendship, right? And sometimes we'll go through very phases where like, we don't really need friends. You know, there's they're, they're such a burden in terms of time commitment and whatnot, right? Yeah. And then other times you'll be like, you know, having friends, it's such a great outlet. Like, we're always struggling with that balance, mm -hmm. right? But I definitely would not say that she has a ton more friends going on than I do. But but this is probably something that goes to each individual, I would assume. Yeah, it, it, maybe it is a more individualized thing. But I guess when's the last time your wife went out and hung out with friends? A few weeks ago, but that was like the first time since the pandemic started. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably redo this episode title and just say this is an episode about about a specific type of dad whose wife has more friends than he does. And how does he cope with that situation? Because that is probably a species of man that exists yeah. and a rather large and substantial species, probably. You know, maybe this is just one of those things. Is, this is because we're medical dads, right? Because you're a medical dad with a medical mom at your house and neither of you have a lot of social time or a lot of friends. At my house, my wife's not a medical mom. She's a teacher. And she definitely seems to be way more social than I am and have, uh, <laughs> she seems to have more new friends than I do. And I, that's one of the things right. I want to talk a bit about is this, this, this idea of when you stop making new friends. <laughs> well, it's scary. No one tells you when you finish university, like the day that you get your graduation cap and your diploma and you hang it up on your wall, yeah. that there's like this like subtext that's written in really, really small print. You can't even see it, yeah. but it's at the very bottom of your diploma that says, go forth. You will not be making any more new friends the rest of your life. Good luck with that, son. <laughs> right. That's what it actually says on the bottom of my diploma. <laughs> I mean, uh, in university, and I mean, in school in general, you make friends because you make friends with your classmates. That's who most people's friends are. Their neighbors when they're little kids uh, are their friends. And then when they go to school, their classmates are their friends. Mm -hmm. But yeah, once you leave that, I guess you're making friends in the workplace. Just not the same. Well, there's this whole idea that as an adult, mm. it's the first time in your life 
that you are free, or maybe even in university, but especially as an adult, it's the first time in your life that you are free to make friends and with whoever you want and free to not be friends with whoever you don't want, right? Because you know going through school, sometimes you, although, although you can sort of pick your friends out of the group of people in your class yeah. and whatnot, you don't have total freedom to pick who your friends are, right? For various political reasons and allegiances <laughs> that you're trying to form and stuff. As an adult, you finally have the freedom to make friends. Suddenly you have no time to make friends, right? You have all this freedom, right? But there's nothing to do with it. You're too busy. Well, I mean, let's say you were an adult who had abundant free time and you want to make <laughs> some new friends. What would, what would you do? You just walk out in the street and be going up to people? Say, hey, you want to be my friend? <laughs> That's the thing about friendship is that we say that it's a very important thing, yet we have no real coherent strategy for doing it, right? Like you, you could say that you're single and you're, you know, and you're looking for a, a potential wife, right? They have websites dedicated to this task, yeah. right? They don't have any websites that are dedicated to helping you find a friend. Instead, those websites are hidden under the guise of adult co-ed basketball league, right <laughs> like just to find some friends now i gotta learn how to shoot basketballs right or i or i guess suddenly gotta join like knitting club for men right yeah. like or book club like who wants to do these you just want someone to go have a drink with right but you can't say it out loud yeah. you can only pretend that you're interested in some other activity <laughs> to bring you guys together it's so like roundabout way that's probably why sports is so popular is people <laughs> Don't mind saying, I'm going to go out and find another, I'm going to find some friends who are interested in sports, or I'm going to go join a sport and, <laughs> and meet friends through that way. Whereas if you think about the other things that people are interested in, you're interested in comic books. I think for a lot of people, there's a real aversion to being of the mindset that I'm going to go out and find other people that like comic books and make friends with them. Because I, I don't want to make friends with those people. They're weirdos. <laughs> They're nerds. Right? Well, 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 specifically to, to, about comic books is that comics almost inherently chooses itself as an anti-social pursuit right like it's meant to be read alone like you and the author and the artist and reading this book it's not meant to be discussed in any real meaningful way sports by definition you know is is a group of people sitting in a crowded room watching something happen that's the definition of the spectacle of it the spectacle of a comic book is one solitary kid flipping through his little comic book i might say there's another perspective on that because Sports is actually a much more objective uh, event to watch than reading a comic book. A comic book is, by definition, art. And art, by definition, <laughs> is something that is subjective, subjective and open to interpretation, with room, <laughs> then, for discussion about your different interpretations. And yet, people will go watch a sports game where the guy either won the game or he lost the game. And that's it. And yet people can argue and talk and make a lot of discussion about all these different <laughs> hypotheticals and what the coach could have done and all these things. It's like, yeah, but at the end of the day, the score is right there in black and white. You know exactly how many points they lost by. <laughs> and all the stuff that you're saying right now is, yeah, is meaningless opinion. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you want to talk to me about some real intellectual stuff, let's talk about art. <laughs> and that's when you whip out your Archie comics. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know I, it just seems to me that our society is telling us like I, I see this all the time you know you click on the on, on the on the internet sometimes they'll feed you one of those articles like things man, things people wish they had done during their lifetime or the top 20 regrets that a person has in their deathbed right yeah. I, i'm always a sucker for these and i'll click some of these and then next thing you know they're like telling you that on your deathbed you're gonna wish you had friends right so then you're looking at 
at your life and like I had friends where are they right and trying to connect with them and you're trying to meet new friends like it's so difficult we just don't have a way to do that in a straightforward manner right it ends up being a byproduct of everything we do but that's all it is it's a byproduct we never go out and say honey I'm lonely you know I you know I, I need to make some guy friends you know just to do something right you always phrase it like I'm feeling out of shape. I need some exercise just because I'm having trouble getting up and down the stairs, yeah. right? And then she's like, oh, yeah, go play some basketball, right? But really, you you actually are just crying for help that you need some friends. I mean, I personally, I haven't joined any leagues or activities or anything like that in the, in the pursuit of making friends. <laughs> Me neither, because it's socially unacceptable to say that even on our show. <laughs> I would put it this way. Uh, since I've been married, I haven't joined any leagues or participant activities, period. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's part of being a dad. Your son is probably enrolled in like 15 different sports leagues, I'm imagining. <laughs> and I think that seems to be the difference between uh, f- uh, my experience and my wife's experience, uh, so as to not generalize between just men and, and women specifically. But My wife goes and the kids get into activities and then she makes friends with the other mothers at at these activities. Mm. And it's actually important to her to become friends with these teams, these type of events, whereas I don't find myself doing that. (laughs) This this is why our podcast ratings numbers suffer, because you're on the show and not your wife. (laughs) If your wife was on the show, I imagine there would be more people tuning in. Yeah, I mean, if if it's just that your friends are listening to the show, then yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yes, okay. So let's chat a little bit about this business. So I've broken it down into some categories for discussion, and we can see where this leads okay. us. Right now, the first category is the one I already mentioned. It's the one that my dad always fell into, and and that is what happens when you become friends with your wife's friends' husbands. Right, yeah. so. Usually if your wife makes a friend, most of the time it's a female, right? Most of the time it's a married female. So then there's this other dude lurking in the background, right? Yeah. Which at some point, if you guys have a get together, you are now by default have to be the, you know, one-on-one matchup, you know, for the evening where you got to hang with this other guy. Yeah. I don't understand to this day how my dad pulled this <laughs> off, right? Because actually it, it happens very rarely with my wife. My wife, for whatever reason, the friends that she has they're not married or the they're close to getting married but not quite so i I haven't had to physically had to like actually deal with this issue face to face Mm -hmm. have you had to deal with this issue of like trying to befriend your wife's friends husbands you know my wife seems to collect a lot of friends who have problems with their husbands or don't hang out with their husbands (laughs) or that type of thing you know when you go to these two events and you're and you're saying, oh, yeah, there's very few husbands here. Oh, everybody was welcome, but for some reason, only a couple of the husbands came. My wife seems to have a few friends like that. Uh, and then of the friends, though, that she does have, who the husbands are around, uh, I, I, don't think I've, I don't think I've found those guys to be unpleasant. So uh, some of the friends I have, I, I, I would probably have to say, yeah, if I'm being honest, it, it was that my wife probably made friends with that wife first, and then mm. I made friends with the husband. And usually it's in the context of the kids met somewhere, whether it's a playgroup or whatever else. And then through them, my wife meets another mom and then then mm-hmm. the husband. It's only probably the my wife's friends that she had before we were married, where you sort of meet somebody who's a wife's friend and then you get meet a husband who you don't necessarily, uh, who you wouldn't necessarily have been friends with. Right. That's true. That is true. I Now I'm thinking back. 
in the list. There are other people that I've met through her, mostly from when she was a student or a resident, and then I'm, you know, become friendly with the husbands. Yeah. But that is not an easy thing to become really close friends with that guy, right? Yeah. You always end up just knowing them as kind of a casual acquaintance rather than someone that you would really turn to for help or, you know, for the much vaunted let's go out for beers thing. There seems to be like a barrier, right? Like yes. it would be hard for you to propose to your wife that, you know what, honey, I'm just going to call up, you know, so-and-so's husband. We're going to hang out without you guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's very true that when I think of all my wife's friends whose husbands I get along with, and I would even say, oh, yeah, that guy's a friend of mine. I can't think of who I call and hang out with on my own where I say, yeah, the wives, this isn't about the wives. You and me, we're going to get together and hang out. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of exist in this, in this setting where we can coexist as long as the families are all together, but left in isolation could be an issue. Yeah. Although it doesn't, I wouldn't say it never happens. Uh, I don't know how any, I don't know if any of my, of these <laughs> friends I have through my wife's friends ever listen to this podcast, but I could think of a couple. Where I'd say, okay, you know what? Uh, there is a couple of guys who, uh, for example, they hosted a Super Bowl party at their house that was just for me. I went over to the guy's house to watch Super Bowl. Mm. No wife, no kids. It was just the guys hanging out. <laughs> but uh, it's rare. It's rare. And it would be, there's some barrier that does stop us from just calling up a guy who we know through our wives, uh, friends, and saying, hey, why don't you mean just hang out? Yeah. I, f I feel like it's almost like, you kind of have allegiances. It's kind of like having sports teams, right? Yeah. That's my wife's team. This is my team. We don't try to, we don't have trades. They don't happen that often, right? You can't get a player from your wife's side to join your side. You kind of keep the jerseys in order yeah. on both teams. Do you think that it could be because a husband and a wife will always uh, have the closest bond, right? So in other words, if you tell something to a guy, you know that his wife's going to hear about it. I, I, you, <laughs> of course yeah. there, isn't there some sort of rule about that like in a court of law that it's assumed that a husband and a wife are allowed to share in information with one yeah. another right that's allowed that's right which is fine <laughs> if you're talking to some guy if you're talking to a buddy who's going to tell his wife stuff but his wife's never talking to your wife anyway so it doesn't matter if you want to sell a secret <laughs> that is something you don't want to be talking to your wife about <laughs> whereas if you're hanging out with your wife's friends and you say the wrong thing uh, you have to worry that that will go from the friend to the wife back to your wife. Absolutely, absolutely. This is not a situation. You're not, that hanging out with your wife's friend's husband is not a time to be bearing at all about anything. That's right. <laughs> right. It's it's a you actually have to be very cautious. You cannot drink too much that night. Don't let loose lips, you know, out on the world. You have to be very careful what happens and what you say and what you do because it all comes back to your wife. One false step, it all comes back. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe that is it. Maybe that is, maybe we've hit on it. That subconsciously people, husbands don't hang out with their, with the husbands of their wives' friends because there's a trust thing there. I will say though, that if your wife's friend's husband is a cool guy and you enjoy hanging out with him, that's a huge bonus. Yes. Right? Because so there are, a lot of times your wife says, okay, let's hang out with this person. And you're like, 
in your mind, you're kind of processing, what's that night going to be like? Is it something I'm going to look forward to? Is it something that's going to suck? And if there's a dude there that can talk hoops with you or, you know, talk comics with you or something, that makes the night go a lot smoother than if it's one of these, because sometimes there's, they're with a dude and you're like, oh, not that guy. He's going to, I just got to put up a, a brave face to get through this evening, but there's nothing interesting going on. So if you can score one of these dudes, who's like a good casual acquaintance, you know, yeah. and you guys can both just be sidekicks for a night. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I, I think you and me are probably both similar in that there's very few people who are going to dread hanging out with for an evening because, because we can't find some common ground or something to talk about or something <laughs> to make it worthwhile. It's different if somebody's hey, we... married to a jerk. Like there are a few people who, <laughs> out there i'm sure who are just jerks who you don't want to hang out with them because it's like ah this guy is always acting like a mm-hmm. like a butt uh however uh, you could probably go to a party and uh, or go to a situation where you're going to be hanging out with some guy for a night because the wives are talking and mm-hmm. be like, yeah it was interesting but then take it to that <laughs> extra step where you there become oh, yeah this person was such a interesting person we have so much in common that i'm going to hang out with right. them more on my own in my free time <laughs> right. As an adult, I have a repository of potential discussion topics I can un- unveil with anybody yeah. to test out what they're into, right? And it's it go- it's like a sequence. Like it's like it's like professional basketball, college basketball, comic books, Batman, su- uh Star Wars, and th- and then Chinese politics, Taiwan. Like there's a, there's like a 25 item list. Yeah. If you can't match me on any of these topics, like the night's over by then anyway like it'll take so long to get to that point that that's fine too this is one of the benefits of just having friends is that if you become friends with people they can often open you up to things that you would never like thought about or talked about but if you're open-minded it's still interesting you know like friends can be very useful in that for in that way <laughs> but now if you're trying to make friends if there's no common ground it's really hard now let's talk about a second group. So that's your that's your wife's friends' husbands. Yeah. Let's talk about your children's friends' parents. So yeah. that this is a big one for parents, yeah. right? Like we're we invariably in this day and age start to become friendly and sometimes friends with our children's friends' parents, yeah. and that is a different kind of friendship. I talked to one of my f- buddies about this, and he's like, he really enjoys it. He's like, I enjoy you know going on a go to a play date, bring the kids no stress you know it doesn't matter there's no drama just me and another couple dads talking about the weather talking about sports right and you can talk about something a little bit deeper than that if you want but at the end of the time we have a good time we go home there's no stress i'm not thinking about things like the way in college was like you know you he said that to me he said that to that girl and now she's mad at me so we're not talking anymore like none of these like drama drama queen (laughs) friendships that that we also go through as men at times in our lives I tried to avoid that type of stuff even back in the day, but I think <laughs> this might just be the difference between having friends as, as an adult versus when you're younger, <laughs> as opposed to right. specifically. So the, so the adult friendships are completely superficial, right? You just operate on the frequency of weather and sports and maybe comics, right? And that's it. Like you always just fluctuate between these topics, right? It's hot today. It's cold today. Oh, it's snowing. Yeah, that's a lot of snow. How was your drive-in? Yeah, weather made it difficult, right? Like you, as a man, you can just cycle through this indefinitely <laughs> like a robot. Yeah, I always specifically tried to avoid talking about the weather if I can. Because <laughs> it just feels like uh, now I've officially hit rock bottom. 
<laughs> this category. But that's how all all man conversations <laughs> ostensibly start with the weather. <laughs> I think this category of type of friends does a bit overlap with what we were talking about before and, and, and helps to highlight that distinction between being friends with your wife's friends that she met after you were married versus being friends with the friends your wife had before. Because right. I think a lot of the friends that... So for me, I'm pretty good friends with a lot of the dads or a lot of the husbands of the wives that my wife became friends with after we were married. Partly because, yeah, these are a lot of people that you meet through the kids to start with. So when you meet this mm -hmm. guy, you already have a big thing in common. You already both right. have kids. And both have kids <laughs> who are probably at the same level going through the same thing. Uh, right. So that, that right. already is a lot to... Uh, to talk about to bond on over and then over then from there you may realize oh wait a minute you like star wars too or or whatnot right right now this category i feel like for dads is pretty easy to maintain but i feel like i've heard so many examples at, for moms uh -huh. where they're friendly with you know another kid's mom but then it falls apart right there's some sort of misunderstanding or there's some sort of conflict yeah. and next you know you know the moms aren't friends with each other the kids aren't friends with each other there's all uh, this can get really ugly this category as dads i feel like we're kind of we're kind of we take a step away from this because we're so we're so safe we're driving so safely between the sports line and the weather line that we never veer into this but sometimes i think moms bring a lot more intensity into this particular type of relationship it might be i mean as men you're only jealous of other men insofar as them getting a woman that you want, right? <laughs> like all the things about money and all these other things that you would be jealous about growing up, you know, going through high school and, and other areas of your life. Really, the reason all that stuff makes you jealous is because all those things, money and looks and all that kind of stuff, just gives that guy more power to get uh, the girl. <laughs> Uh, and you want to get the girl. So the fact that this guy is getting the girl that you want, that's that's the source of most friction for men. Once you're married, that's off the table. You're not worried about that anymore. Whereas I think for moms, they are still in competition. They're not in competition with women because they, those women are going to get the men they want. They're just inherently in competition with those women just because. In much the same way, <laughs> women dress up to try to look good, not because they're trying to get men. Because once they're married, they still want to do that. Whereas men stop doing that when they're married, right? <laughs> that's, that's why. That's, that, so when you, uh, you're friends with another woman because your kids are doing something similar, well, then those little jealousies start to creep in over whose kid's doing better or uh, you know, whose kid is the, is the dominant one in the friendship or all those other things. Mm. Uh, you know, as those kids start to grow up, if... if uh, those kids were good friends, but now one of the kids becoming cooler and having more friends and this kid's being pushed to the outside. Those frictions percolate up to the moms. Right, right. And so so we're we're generalizing, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, but that does seem that does seem like it's a pattern that has played itself out in not just my family, but in many families that I've seen over the years. Yeah, it's it's a theory. It's not scientifically tested, uh, but just based on limited observation. Like it, it seems to fit with what we're doing. limited, but a, a two lifetimes worth of observation, I will yeah. say. Now, let's move on. So that's th those are f those are kind of these like stretchy friends categories. But here's the, here's another category: your own friends from before, yeah. right? So the dad comes into the dadhood with a bunch of buddies that he had, whether from school or growing up, 
and these old friends, right? And usually these friends are still kicking around, you know, you get into parenthood and sometimes these guys, so now it becomes a little bit more unpredictable because, you know, these guys may not have kids. Some of them may not be married, right? Yeah. And that I feel like is one of the big things as you get in this category, you try to retain some of your old friendships, but because of the circumstances you may not have the same interests as these people anymore right so much time has passed you have children they don't have children by definition your lives are so different right yeah. you invite them over to hang out and your kids are running around and they don't know how to play with children or something like that is a com fairly common scenario with guys and eventually it causes guys to kind of drift apart yeah I, that's probably fair to say I, I, once you start having kids then you you can certainly start to lose all your ki all your friends who don't have kids because they're they're just still <laughs> interested in doing things that you can't do anymore uh, although i have to say in my in my life when i think to old friends that i've managed to hold on to when i think of my friends from high school there's pretty much just two guys that i would say from high school i'm i'm not that only two guys I'm still friends with, but only two guys from high school that I still see on anything that you would even approximate a semi-regular basis. And I've, <laughs> I've mentioned this guy on the show before, my friend Aaron, who's a longtime listener, has no kids. Uh, he's, mm. he's not married and he has no kids. And yet, of all the people I knew from high school, who I'm sure most of them are married and have kids, it's this guy and my other friend Cameron who I, I still see, uh, you know, or at least have seen in the last, in the last year. <laughs> Well, there's something to be said for people who've known you the longest, right? You guys had that history thing going on, which is vital in friendships, right? And if, if you stay friends for the whole course of your life, that's like, you know, five decades, seven decades, whatever it is. That's an important thing. Yeah, it's funny because I think there's those, those people who have friends who, yeah, this person's been my friend for life. Uh, they've always been a part of my life. And so that friendship is there because I can never imagine not having that person. And mm -hmm. another generalization, I think, is that is that, that that's how a lot of women perceive how their friendships are supposed to be. Certainly, that's what you teach kids when they're small and all these TV shows and pop songs that talk <laughs> about friendship being so important. Uh, whereas the other way of having friends is where you have these friends who are, this person is a good friend and I could go two years without seeing them. But then if I happen to see them or reconnect with them, it's uh, almost as if no time has passed. And I have to say, that's what it's probably more for me and these two high school friends. From the point of view, I went away to university. I went away to med school. We, uh, me and these guys were not in the same university. So we went to different universities, colleges. I was in Kingston for a while. I was doing my residency in London, Ontario. And, uh, but we all ended up back in Ottawa. And it didn't take much for us to say, hey, oh, guys, uh, oh, I got one of your phone numbers. Let's see if we can track down the other guy. Let's get together. And... Uh, now it's like very little time has passed. Well, there is something to be said for the skill of maintaining friendships. And that's particularly important in this category. Yeah. It's not a given that people would just stay friends, right? So a certain amount of effort, especially as adults, has to be put into it. It's not like in elementary school or college where you see the same people every day. By definition, you're just living next to them. Yeah. As an adult, you're busy. You know, you, you may not cross paths unless you make the effort to do so, right? So part of it is just staying organized and being able to schedule stuff as need be to, to maintain the friendship. But the other part of it is what you said, this whole business of you don't see someone for years, but you can just fall right back into the conversation. Yeah. I feel like sometimes that's a skill. Like some people are just really good at that, right? Mm -hmm. And we can all get better at that, right? Like sometimes we go into these outings with people and we're like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I, I don't want to talk about the weather again. 
But some guys just, you talk to them for two minutes. It's like you never left, right? And, and then you realize, actually, they're like that with every single person. <laughs> Everyone that they meet feels like they're the center of attention for the 20 minutes that they're with them. And then you realize that's a skill that you can actually hone and practice. Yeah, and so. it's useful in life. Yeah. So, so I've had to tell myself at some points in my life that some of my buddies, I'm like, yeah, every time I hang with this guy, I feel great. And I realize it's like a salesman almost, right? Like he's got a really good pitch. We have a great time, right? But don't count out those dudes who take a little bit more time to, you know, break the ice if you haven't seen them in a while. Sometimes it's just that their sales pitch is not as polished. But at the end of the day, who are the dudes that are going to be there when you need help, right? Yeah. That That is ultimately one of the things that I kind of think about is like sometimes you have these buddies who are, yeah, it's great to have a drink or, you know, great to shoot some hoops with. Uh -huh. But when you really are down, right, and you need someone to come help you with something big in life whatever that is there's only a few people willing to drop everything at that moment to come do that that's a that's a very special category yeah, that is and a special in this category. like old friends thing I mean, and it's, it has nothing to do with how well they converse and how you know how quickly you guys fall back into your old roles it has something to do with like meaningful deep relationships with people and you're sure these aren't just old friends who the reason that you can instantly connect and pick up where you left off is because now that you've progressed at all since the last time you met you're still talking about comic books and video games and basketball dude there's a comic coming out tomorrow night i can't make it to the store i need you to drop everything to pick it up because it's going to sell out can you be there for me i think there is that thing of sometimes people need to feel that uh, you still actually care about them or still are interested to be their friends you know that you still have that feeling of uh, you know, without getting mushy or gross about it, there's that idea that someone's your friend and you just have this good feeling about that person that you want to mm. be connected to them in some way or the other. Uh, and so I think some people feel if you haven't, if this person hasn't somehow made an effort to constantly show interest in my life or, or contact me, then it must mean that they don't have that receptive feeling that they want to like, see me or, or, or be friendly with me. And so that's why it's like, if you see that person after a long time, it can feel awkward. Whereas... I think it is those people who know truly they moved on in their life. They did all these other things, but they never stopped thinking of you as their friend. And that, that's why it's really easy to connect with some people like that. I think that's mm. for me. I think I probably have lost a lot of friends uh, or at least a lot of people who don't think I'm their friend anymore because I'm terrible at uh, doing all those little day to day things to show people that I'm still their friend. <laughs> and I'm awful at that. <laughs> really terrible. Uh, but uh, Inwardly, I really do still care about so many of these people that have come through my life. And if I see them, I'm just like so excited to see them. Well, it's good. You good. You have this platform on our podcast to throw that out there. So if they happen to be listening, <laughs> Stu has not given up on you yet. Yeah. It Especially just feels if you're way. listening to this podcast, then I definitely <laughs> have not given up on you. <laughs> I want to. I want to talk to you right away. And I've definitely got time because there can't be that many of you out there. <laughs> I mean, I think all of these categories just bespeaks that there's some, it's not super easy to maintain adult friendships, right? Yeah. In, in some ways, it's, it's a category of thing in our life that we all recognize is important, yet we know it's not as pressing as dealing with our children, right? Dealing with our wife, right? Dealing with our house, yeah. right? Paying the bills. Like it's, it's not as important as those things. And, and because there's so many of these big things that have come ahead of it, yeah. 
invariably it's the thing that gets dropped, right? Like you're, you're busy at work. You, you have to get something out of your schedule. It's, it's the beer night that gets cut, yeah. right? It's, it's not, it's not helping your child with their science fair project that gets cut most of the yeah. time. Right. And so it's something that we pay short shrift to until it's too late. Like I talked about on a different episode where for my dad, he suddenly realized that he had lost touch with all these people. When he tried to find them, a lot of them had passed away in their sixties already. Right. Yeah. There's a very finite time span for this, for our, for all our lives. And it's something that I feel like as, as not just dads, but moms and children, we should all be working on having good, healthy friendships. Right. It's definitely one of those things that when you, when you don't have a lot of, active friendships going you don't necessarily feel that absence but then if you do start connecting with people and hanging out with people more and having more friends that you do start to realize like oh right yeah this is enriching this is enriching my life so you you miss it <laughs> you, you don't necessarily realize when it's missing but then when you have it back you're like all right yes mm. at least, at least now, i think that's how talk- people drift away from not having friends and then, now let's talk about a, a specifically enriching final group of friends, <laughs> the friends of the opposite gender. Is this an actual enriching thing for a dad to have, or is this just a not starter? Like this category doesn't even exist. Uh, this is just one of those luxuries from your past that, yeah, it was great. They're great things to have, but you can't have them anymore. <laughs> much like a sports car or hair or all the other things that you can have. And it's cool when you're young. And then as you get older, it's just not cool to have anymore. <laughs> <laughs> or not possible to have anymore. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I would say that's about right. <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of girls who were my who are truly, truly just my friends. We never were anything more than friends. Who uh, I would love to still connect with and, and and keep in touch with and all that kind of stuff. But that really just that's that's a very rare thing to truly be able to keep doing once you're once you're married. I don't know of almost anyone that has maintained this type of thing as an adult dad i like we people can call in if they have an example you know send me an email but it's a very very unusual situation yeah i mean there's a few people i still send a christmas card to and would love to like hang out with like and not one-on-one hang out with but hang out and come over for dinner or something like that but uh with all the priorities (laughs) and all the other things to do in life right if I was to say to my wife, yeah, you know what I'm going to pull to the top of the list is to invite this girl over that I'm friends with. That is not going to fly. <laughs> Do you, I sometimes get the feeling like if, I, if I'm going, if I'm near like a university campus or even a high school campus and I see like a couple holding hands, yeah. in the back of my mind, I'm thinking 10 years from now, you guys are never going to be speaking to one another. And see that couple over there? 10 years from now, they're not going to be speaking to each other either, right? Seems like it's a mammoth waste of time in the sense that none of those relationships amount to anything as adults right you'd think that in our society you're talking about people who are holding hands so you're talking about people who aren't just friends i didn't hold friends yes i'm talking i'm talking about actual yeah i'm talking about dating relationships because that's the that's the example that jumped in my mind is that people are so close with this friend right their best friend their lover right then they get into adulthood and you never talk to this person again right and there's millions of these these are there's millions of these in the world right it's these it's (laughs) It just seems preposterous to me as human beings that we treat those relationships sort of the same way as like, you know, my kid goes to summer camp for a week. They make good friends with somebody. At the end of the week, they just never see each other again. Right. I guess summer camp is actually preparing them for the future in that sense. I I didn't realize we were talking about ex-girlfriends. That's a whole, whole other category. (laughs) I mean, I've had I, I have 
friends who are females who are just friends. And even like even now at work, I have friends. True, females true. Are, that's totally. I, I jumped the gun. Yeah. I jumped the gun. It's a different category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 hard, but it's not impossible to have a, like an opposite gender actual friend who can still be in part of your life in some way or another, even after you're married. But uh, the circumstances have to be very, very right for that. But if you're talking about mm. ex-girlfriend, ah, that, forget that. That's <laughs> that's not even supposed to exist. That's not supposed to be. That's like wanting to be a butterfly and a caterpillar at the same time, right? That's just, those two <laughs> things don't exist at the same time. It's, it's strange because the, there are actually examples of, you know, a wife and an ex-wife being friends. Like that actually happens more than anything with an ex-girlfriend. Like if once the person gets married, right, and then divorced, there is still potential for them to become friendly with the second wife or the third wife that I've seen and heard of examples of that. Yeah. Right. I guess probably because there's children involved and, you know, all sorts of back and forth. But with, when it comes to specifically this girlfriend, boyfriend thing, you realize how fickle all of those are. You just, these are people you just would never speak with again. Right. I mean, trying to think of the right analogy for this. Right. (laughs) You know, it's like if you're trying to light a match. You know, you have a box of matches, and some of the matches are duds, right? So you strike the match, and it doesn't really light, uh, or the, the the little part of the tip of it that's supposed to light right breaks off, or something like that. And then you finally get a match going. Once you have that match going, you're not looking through that pile of broken matches on the ground, like analyzing every match or trying to bring that back into the fold. Those are old matches, and they served a purpose. You were trying to light a fire. And you struck it and it didn't light. That's the, what was the purpose of that old match? Did you just come up with that analogy on the spot? Because that's an unbelievably apt analogy given that you thought of it in three seconds. There you go. That is a medical dad's original. I've never had reason to try to think of an analogy for this thing before. But there you go. Every once in a while, a little gem comes through and we just caught it on. We just recorded it. Wow. Yeah, no, I uh, very, very much not into the idea of trying to be friends with the ex-girlfriend once you're married. It's a bit different when you're not married, but once you're married, no, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Just the idea of having platonic friends. Uh, I don't know if I ever told this story on the podcast before, but I, you might've been there this day when I was in Kingston in fourth year medical school. And uh, I had come back all excited. So uh, the way I remember this is that if, so me and Jesh, I, I, one of my other medical dads who sometimes listens to the show, or I think often listens to the show. So Jesh was, was my roommate, and you and the other gang would come over and hang out sometimes. So I think maybe you were there. I know our friend Annabel was there. Jesh was there. Uh, maybe a couple of the other guys. And I was out somewhere and was walking down the street, and I ran into the girl who now is my wife. So I ran into her there, and this is somebody who I, I knew her already, but uh, we had never had the opportunity to date before, and n- neither of us were single at the same time up until this uh, point. So I ran into her there, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is the chance. I got to ask her out. Uh, so I do, and she says yes. So I'm over the moon. I'm going to go to a movie. So I came back, and I report that to you guys. How, like, you guys aren't going to believe this. Remember I mentioned this girl that, like, that I like? Well, I ran into her. I asked her out. She said yes. Uh, then we go to the movie and as we're driving to the movie, we're chit-chatting about this or that. And then she's saying something and casually saying something. Oh yeah. And my boyfriend. And I'm thinking, what your boyfriend, 
this is preposterous. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess we were kind of friends. We weren't friends before. We in terms of we weren't hanging out and stuff before. We knew each other, but we weren't friends enough that I would be thinking that I would ask you to the movies and you would just think, oh yeah, sure, let's just go to the movies. Um, and now you're telling me you have a boyfriend and your boyfriend's okay with this? That and I think I said that. I think I said, so your boyfriend's okay <laughs> that you and some guy are going to the movies? And she's like, oh, I'm just just going to the movies. With somebody I know. I'm like, all right, okay. So we go to the movies, and then I think I had to come back, and you guys are all excited for me. How would it go? It's like, oh, guys, <laughs> complete failure. And I'm telling that whole story. <laughs> anyway, flash forward uh, a few years later, where we actually are now dating. And I think maybe at this point in the story now, we were even engaged. And a girl who was a friend of mine, who was from out of town, was visiting town, and we were going to go and hang out. Um, and, you know, it's all above board, telling my, I guess, fiance or girlfriend at the time how yeah this friend from out of town is coming over we're gonna hang out uh, and i think the three of us even went out somewhere at one point in the day but then later me and the other person were gonna do something while my wife was had to do something for work or volleyball or something like that uh anyway she was not happy uh, suffice to say <laughs> and when i say she i don't mean the girl who's been from out of town i mean my wife not happy not happy about this yeah. and we're talking about it right i can sense the unhappiness and i'm having a dialogue about this and she's saying it's just not appropriate to, you know, have a friend who's a girl who just comes and hangs out with you. Uh, and I'm, I'm saying, but remember, weren't you <laughs> dating a guy and then I ran into you and said, let's hang out. And we were just but, friends and we went to this movie and it was, it was very clear you were dating this guy. It was a ton of date. And her response to that was... And, now you're, and now you're married to her. That's why it's inappropriate, man. That's exactly why it's inappropriate. Nobody knows this better than your wife, that it's inappropriate. Exactly, exactly. She's like, I knew exactly what I was doing back then. <laughs> yeah, see, as a guy, the correct answer in that situation when the, some other girl is going to hang out and you're trying, to, you're trying to come up with this magical plan where the three of you can interact together for a day and keep the peace, the correct plan is to just... A st I, I learned this word recently. It's called ghosting. Okay, It's when you suddenly disappear, don't answer any emails or phone numbers from whichever of the ladies is the one that you're not interested in. Right? You just vanish in the thin air. That's the only solution. Or if you face them, you're going to have to lie through your teeth. It's better just to ghost them at that point. Uh, man. Or I guess you could just be honest. Just say, say to them, look. <laughs> We can't be friends anymore. You're the wrong. You're the wrong gender. Or you can I'm take not allowed. Road. I'm not allowed to go out. That's ultimately how it goes. I, I mean, the other option is to take the high road, right? You could take the ultimate high road and just tell the girl honestly that look, I have a serious girlfriend now, so you're gonna have to pretend to be a lesbian so that we can still hang out. <laughs> As you said, it's just better to leave those burnt matches lying on the ground. You can't, you're not going to start any fire with it anyway. But that's, I mean, there's a whole other discussion about can a male and a female be friends without there being some kind of romantic thing there. And I wouldn't look at it that every female I'm friends with is actually an attempt at a, at a girlfriend. And so that after that point, there's no point in being friends with females. Uh, but... I... <laughs> I feel like that is that is probably a topic for a whole other episode that's right. of medical. That's what I was going to say. I think there's a there's a whole other thing about analyzing can 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 a man and a woman be friends? And you know, if people want my short answer opinion, I'd say yeah, absolutely. A, a male and a female can be friends, but it's not the same thing as two guys being friends. Right? It's it's just very different. <laughs> 
Oh man, I did not. I you know what? I had a feeling we we're going to get to that topic as we talked about this. <laughs> I did not uh, until I got to this list that you were making and saw that you did have friends of the opposite <laughs> gender on there. Now, now I realize what we're talking about. So there you go. The official medical dad stance on friends. Friends are important. You need lots of them. You should try to nurture these relationships. We don't really know how to find new friends. Sign up for any various activities, you know, activities you might enjoy to do under the guise of doing the activity when you really need friends. But once you find those friends, make a little bit of time for them. Make sure they're, of the, they're not of the opposite gender. And if they are of the opposite gender, you better cut that cord quick or you're in big trouble. Well, fortunately now, gender is a just much more considered to be an artificial construct. So... Except when you're a married man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Being non-binary, uh, not identifying to gender, you, those things are fine until you're a married man trying to hang out with another human being. But, you, you try telling your wife, you know, that that's your excuse to be able to hang out with somebody. They're not the opposite gender, right? They're not. There's no such thing. We didn't, we didn't talk about this. on. We had talked about this question off air previously. Uh, and I was going to ask you on air. We can edit this or we can keep it. But I was going to ask you on air, when's the last time you made a new friend who wasn't through your <laughs> wife? I told, uh, yes, I did tell you the answer. Yeah. It's it's from the tennis club. It's my buddy, Brian Moe, right? Shout out to Brian. And I've known him for 10 years. So it's been like 10 plus years the last time I made a new friend <laughs> in life. <laughs> so on the one hand, at first, that answer is inspired. It's like, oh, okay. Dave's still making new friends. You know, he's he's showing the audience that that can still be done. And then when you're saying like, yeah, we we've been friends for ten years. So, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. The last new friend he made was a decade. Yeah, now. I got a new car. I got a new car ten years ago, man. It drives real well. Twenty twelve. You know, it's really well. You got a new car? Is it a hybrid? Is it an electric vehicle? No, no, no. Those didn't exist when I got my new car. I I was thinking about this question actually since you've asked it to me before. Yeah. You know. Like I, I, I would like to think that I've met some new friends at work, you know, right. like, you know, I, I have residents that come through medical students. I mean, we're friends, we're friendly, right? That's all that, that's, that counts too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those things count. Those things count. But, uh, to make, to make a new best friend, I guess that's the, uh, that's the trick. Okay. I'm going to give you one other story. We did not, you did not hear this story before. Okay. So this, the other new friend that my wife and I made in the last maybe five years is, is my neighbor, right? I live across the street from a great guy, Herman and his wife, Doris, we lived with next, we lived across the street from him for like a good five years without ever saying a word to them because that's how friendly we are as Chinese neighbors. <laughs> right. And then one day, one day, one day a package that was coming to me from the gap got delivered to his house and he brought it over. We still didn't say anything. Oh yeah. Thanks for bringing the package over. We still didn't, still not friendly. Right. Yeah. And then finally one day there was a robbery on our street. Right. Mm -hmm. And I come home and, and, my, my friend, he lives in like 33. My daughter comes up to me and she's like two, two or three years old. It's like 33 came over to us and told us that 31 was hacked. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> because 31 is the house number of that, that got robbed. Oh, okay. Right? And so my daughter had reported. So now there's like crime happening on our street and there's nothing that brings people together quite like crime, you know, <laughs> yes. like fear is the thing that brings Gotham City citizens together to yeah. unite them. Right. So then, yeah, we struck up a conversation and we started chit-chatting. Now we're now we're friends. I, I'm invited to his basketball game under the guise of physical <laughs> exercise and fitness. But really, it's there to nurture friendships with the boys. All right. Well done. <laughs> well, just, How about you? 
How about you? Any new friends to report? Any new friends? No, I don't think I have any new. I have an opening. You can go back. You can go back ten years. It's still allowed to go back ten years. <laughs> there was. I had a friend at work named Mike, who was a who was a new friend who I hung out with, and mm. but then he moved. He, he he was a guy from work. We became friends. We hung out outside of work, and I, I say this guy's a friendly guy. He makes friends everywhere he goes. So probably most of the effort was on his part. But uh, mm. anyway, I like this guy. We had common interests. He's a friend, but he moved, so I don't have him anymore. Uh, and I'm, I'm uh, t- to be fair, I'm not giving quite credit to the to the friends I have that I made sort of through with my together with my wife. So we have we have couple friends who we're friends mm. with, but they're not my own friends uh, who I just hang out with the guy on our on our own. So yeah, I don't. Uh, I've got an opening. A job. A friend opening <laughs> is available. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see if we can get that opening filled at the next uh, company softball game, basketball game, tennis match, like something. something Find yeah. something to do. Just remember, wives complain when their husbands spend too much time with their friends, but uh, very rare for them to complain that they don't spend enough time with their friends. <laughs> <laughs> and so it goes. The life of the dad. That's right. There are contradictions abound. <laughs> Until next week, folks. See you in a week. <laughs>